Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. We are a long way from Bethlehem tonight. Christmas was only three and a half months ago, but on the mountain of Calvary, it can seem like a lifetime ago. Calvary seems very far away from the manger of the nativity in Bethlehem. But it's actually very close, in fact. It's only about six miles, a 20-minute drive nowadays, give or take a checkpoint or two. That's it. More than just geographically, brothers and sisters, there's a deep and profound connection between Bethlehem and Calvary, the beginning and the end of Jesus' earthly life. Because that infant, so innocent, who was born in a manger, is the same one on the cross today. Every bit as innocent, but now scourged, stabbed, and beaten. Held in his mother's arms in Bethlehem, once again held in his mother's arms tonight. It's difficult for us to fully realize the breadth of the suffering and what changes between Bethlehem and Calvary. Because the child born of Bethlehem came into this world for this very moment, for the sake of this very night. That infant was meant to eventually die for us. We often overlook this at Christmas, and we celebrate that God has come into the world that he's one of us, that he came to save us. We proclaim that with great joy, as we absolutely should. But we often overlook the fact that he will have to sacrifice his very life in order to do it. It's lost on us at Christmas, I think, but it is there, whether we might realize it or not. This, brothers and sisters, was Christ's mission It was his vocation. It was why he came into the world in the first place. That mission that began at Bethlehem and ended at Calvary. All those miracles, all that preaching, all of those works that he did on earth were all leading up to this. Christ was meant to offer himself in this act of priesthood, this act of offering That's why he entered this world in the first place. That's why his last words here recorded in the Gospel of John were, it is finished, or maybe better translated, it is consummated, it is offered. He did what he came here to do. And so it is 
that the beautiful, cute infant would eventually undergo such torture, agony, suffering, and ultimately death, so that we might tangibly see the love that God has for us, what he is willing to do and what he is willing to go through for our sake. So what's the proper response for us to so wonderful a mystery that we're able to behold tonight? I think the answer is hidden in that song I just sang. Silence. Tonight should move us to silence, brothers and sisters. Think about it. Christ entered into this world in silence, and he leaves in silence. We entered tonight in silence. We will depart in silence. All of us went silent at that moment of Christ's death in the gospel. There's less music in this celebration. There's a little bit more silence. All of this speaks to how Christ both began and ended his earthly life. It is a silent night. It is a holy night. All is calm. Christ, now in his mother's arms again, tenderly held by the woman who gave him birth, as he now sleeps the sleep of death. The original silent night of Bethlehem leads us to the silent night of Calvary. Christ both began and ended his earthly mission in silence. That first silent night was renowned for its stillness and its peace. Today we are rendered silent in sorrow and in worship. Bethlehem and Calvary are alike in so many ways, but different in others. So close in distance, but so far away in nature. The great American Bishop Fulton Sheen said it quite beautifully. Between Bethlehem and Calvary lies the chasm of sin. That's the difference between the two. It's human sinfulness. All of it thrown onto the shoulders of Christ. Christ who entered this world in perfect innocence and now leaves this world bearing the guilt of us all. The other constant, brothers and sisters, through both of these silent nights is our blessed mother Mary. She was there at the beginning and she was there at the end. What must she have thought on a day in an evening such as this, only a mother would see in Jesus' pierced hands the hands that were once warmed by the breath of oxen. Only a mother would remember that she once nourished his now lifeless body with food from her own. At Jesus' birth, we hear so often that Mary kept all these things in her heart. There weren't any words recorded of Mary, really, in the Nativity. She was moved to silence, seeing God so vulnerable as an infant, being able to hold God in her arms. And at Jesus' death, there are no words recorded for Mary, though we know that she suffered every bit interiorly as her son did. Mary teaches us how to stand before God, how to approach him, and how to receive and behold his great mysteries. 
Even though Mary knew all that was happening and all that was behind it, she was still in awe, reverent awe, holy fear, holy silence before these wondrous and amazing happenings, speechless before such great mysteries. We too, brothers and sisters, are called to make the journey from Bethlehem to Calvary with Mary and with Jesus too. And be with Christ as he fulfills his mission of giving his life for us, staying with him on the cross on this most silent of nights. But brothers and sisters, even though this might seem like a morbid version of Silent Night, that hymn, even applied to tonight, gives us a great deal of hope knowing that soon our salvation and our redemption will dawn. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth.